You are Locked On Padres. Your daily San Diego Padres podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the Lockdown Padres Podcast, which is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day for Thursday, April 1st. Opening day is here, my fellow Friar Faithful homies. As always, I am your host with sometimes occasionally, but certainly not always, the most, Javier Reyes. You might be familiar with some of my baseball-related work at places like Baseball FYI and Friars on Base, or my more entertainment pop culture slants of things at places like Nerdist, Mental Floss, Inverse, Belly Disgusting, and more. Of this year, Locked On Padres podcast, though, guys, you can check out and follow the Twitter page for the show, which is at LO underscore Padres, or my personal account, which is at Javapeno. And that's spelled J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O. And if, you'll, and if you feel so inclined, only if you feel so inclined, hit me up on either of those two accounts and I'll do my very best to, to get back to you, to interact with you, and maybe even answer your questions on this very show. Today's episode, guys, is brought to you by Locker Room. Download the app and join me today, actually, the time of this recording. Hopefully this episode will be out of time. Uh, end time for the Diamondbacks Padres game, pregame and postgame. I'll be going live with uh, Miller Thomas. That's going to be a lot of fun to get in on the, all the action. Remember, download the app Locker Room, changing the way we talk about sports. And today's episode is a chunky boy pod. I actually probably should have a better split in half my crossover with Billard, but I did it. So instead, I'm just going to get right to it. Here's part two of our chat, guys. Let's go. But your team, I actually think, your team, I think, is actually being a little bit smart. They shot for it, and then they were like, all right, this clearly isn't working. Let's do a hard reset, and then we'll we'll kind of see what happens. But yeah, tell me a little bit about your team. Yeah, and the one man who didn't have a bad offseason, though, during the pandemic is Jeff Bezos. That dude is just making billions over billions. Yeah. So I, I think he's been okay. And just real quick on the Alex Verdugo thing, uh, he had a good 2020 season, but I don't know. I feel like he might be getting a little overrated heading into next mm-hmm. season. On MLB stuff was was concerning, I saw. He's considered the fourth best center fielder heading into 2021, and like all the you know top 100 lists have been like, pretty high, honestly. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. we'll see if Verdugo has a pretty breakout season. But the D-back, yeah, their team right now, they, they're they hoping right now that the 2021 season is closer to what they were in 2019. 2020 was basically the worst case scenario for every player on this roster. Ketel Marte, his power just basically disappeared. Eduardo Espar mm-hmm. came into camp out of shape. He didn't look the same. Carson Kelly, where did his confidence go at the plate? Luke yeah. Weaver couldn't get through six innings. Madison Bumgarner couldn't get through six yeah. innings. And the D-backs, you know, we saw that big massive Bumgarner deal, you know, in the 2019 offseason. And maybe that's why, you know, it's a reason why they don't want to spend money now. And the D-backs always seem to go after these aging starting pitchers yeah. for some reason like Zach Ranky giving him 200 million now Bumgarner giving him 85 and the Bumgarner contract that thing is backloaded so he's going to be making 23 million uh two seasons from now annually he's making 19 this year then 23 Ooh. over the next two so he's going to be making a lot of money over the next two seasons so for the D-backs I think the biggest question is which version as I've always been saying I- I've been saying this a lot but like you all say this for the Padres the listeners which version of the D-backs are we getting we're getting the 
2019 version of these D, uh, of these D backs players that this team can be competitive in 2021. I don't know if they'll make the playoffs, but I think they could fight for a wild card spot if we get the 2019 version. But if it's the same thing as 2020, then this team has no shot. And you're going to see a lot of players like Dalton Varsho and some other dudes in the minor leagues come up and start getting some playing time because they have a lot of you know people in their farm system. They have one of the best farm systems in baseball. So right now, it really depends which version of this D-backs team we're going to get. And I, I really don't even know how to answer that question. The best way I can answer it is it was a 60-game sample size, very small. The D-backs did have a stretch where they rattled off you know, a, a good amount of wins for like two weeks, and then they went back in the gutter. So if we cut off the 2019 season after 60 games, the Nationals wouldn't have even been in the playoffs, who eventually won the World Series. So that's basically the best thing you can hope for for the D-backs. That the sample size was too small, and it just evens it out uh, in the end. But one guy who did you know, get a major contract extension that you mentioned is Fernando Tatis. He's locked up. <laughs> 14 years, $340 million. How does it feel to know the face of your franchise is here to stay? You don't have to worry about the Mookie Betts or Francisco Lindor thing. You know, it's it's awesome. And someone, I'm, I'm stealing a point that I saw on Twitter from somebody. I forgot who it was. I'm sorry for stealing your point, I guess, if you're listening wow. to this. But no someone sword? brought up that they were like, what Carlos Correa is going through right now with that that offer and very mm-hmm. publicly being like, yeah, I'm testing free agency waters like because they kind of lowballed them. That's, I think, what a lot of Padres fans were afraid of. What if we get to this situation where they try and like save money and they do this whole thing? Instead, they were like, man, we love you, man. Be a star here. Be the star of San Diego. Here's your 14-year deal. And some people said they were like, well, he actually, that was a, 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 a tremendous, like, um, what's the word? Um, discount, you know? And mm. That's true to an extent, but you're also making a huge assumption that a guy who hasn't played a full season's worth of games continues this and, more importantly, stays healthy. Tatis, he looked at that money. He said, I don't have to worry about it. And he said, I am good. This money is great. And I'm here for the next 14 years. Like, I'm happy here. And he sees that the team clearly wants to contend. He's not going to be in, say, a Mike Trout situation, at least hopefully mm-hmm. right now, where hopefully. you're like, oh, my God, like, I signed to this place and there's nothing to, uh-oh, I said I said your favorite player's name. Yeah. <laughs> don't, um, don't get me started. That's a trigger word over here. That's the trigger word for Miller. Miller's the only baseball fan I know where, like, Mike Trout has become his brand in almost a bad way. <laughs> it's the trigger word. But, um... Yeah, I think it's it's a lot of fun, but it's definitely them avoiding that situation that um, that the Astros might find themselves in is awesome. I like that they just they don't have to worry. They don't have to worry that there's going to be something oh you know something really bad that happens that they're gonna oh they're they're trying to underpay him or whatever. They he decided you know it works both ways. If he's awesome and he's doing Mike Trap things for years and years and he could have got a five hundred million dollar deal. And 20, you know, 30, whatever. Okay, sure. But then at the same time, it's, you don't know for sure. So he's settled for the guaranteed money. And I think that's cool. And I think that part of the reason he did that was because of the clear willingness by ownership to be on his side, not manipulating service time. You cannot tell me that that did not play into um, his willingness to want to sign, resign with the team. They said, no, you're ready. So we're bringing you up. We're not doing any of this baloney that other teams are doing. You can't tell me that that didn't pay up uh, dividends. And them trading for Snell and like we just talked about with the offseason moves, that has to be part of it. It feels great um, for sure. And it is, I don't know, man. I don't know. It's just, it's so funny looking because now we've been both doing this pod for a while. Um, like you were really bullish on your team last year. And I have to say, 
I guess I'm going to pivot now into kind of my questions and my point about your team. Believe it or not, Millard, you ready for this? <laughs> Let's hear it. I've gone back and forth. At one point, I called the NLS just a super top-heavy team and that mm-hmm. it was just Dodgers and Padres and that the other teams were going to be bottom. I think that's only true with the Rockies and poor Ryan yeah. Latica, who is, you know, it, it's going to get dark. I think it's going to yeah. get dark. Everybody tune into that podcast. Send me a DM if you hear him like slowly losing it. I need to be able to check up on my guy just in case on episode 120 when Trevor Story is back. He's batting 340 with with 25 homers, but then the rest of the team <laughs> were eight and 65. <laughs> like, like when he starts losing it, please let me know, guys. I want to check up on my guy, but. I actually think, and you mentioned this, about everything that could have gone wrong for the D-backs went wrong. So my thing is, is there a regression to the mean at minimum to be expected? Will Cattell Marte, you know, like you said, the power was just gone. I think he only had like four home runs last year or something like that, which was, or no, two home runs last year. I'm looking at it now. And his on-base was a little bit low uh, at 323. His slugging was down. The OPS, like... Just not a great year. I don't think he's a bad player. I, I was expecting a little bit of regression, but that was extreme. The only thing that seemed to go right for you guys, which in fairness you called, was Zach Allen turning mm-hmm. into a great starter, which unfortunately, though, he did get hurt, I have, which is, yeah, I know. You just did this type of thing, and you were like, oh, no. <laughs> I don't want to talk about him, but I think the D-backs could be at least certainly not a rollover, not a pushover of a team, because I am expecting maybe Bumgarner will be at least, you know, and you know me, we talked about this last year. I am no fan of Madison Bumgarner. I think he's annoying. I think he, for years, because he was so talented and so good that people didn't kind of, um, you know, um, whatever the, the the term is, you know, kind of call him out on his BS that he was pulling mm-hmm. with, oh, oh, you. He even did that with Myers. When Myers flipped his bat, he's giving the dirty. I'm like, it's not your, it's not his fault that you've given up like seven home runs to the Padres today, you jerk. Um <laughs> And that's putting it lightly. So trust me, I'm no fan of his. But can we expect a little bit of regression to me? Can Carson Kelly bounce back? Can Eduardo Escobar bounce back? Can Christian Walker, who somehow was one of your better players last year, David Peralta, <laughs> yeah. you know, um, Cole Calhoun, who had like 16 homers. Is there anything to be expected that this team can maybe bounce back and be a little bit interesting? Or are they similar to the Rockies? Just a team that the only story we're going to be wondering about is, are they going to try and offload some of their best players at the deadline? No, I think they definitely can be a competitive team. Again, I think they could fight for a wild card spot. I think they're more likely to finish, you know, around 85 wins than make the wild card. But I, I think they can be competitive. I, I think it just depends. Will we get that progression to the mean like you've been mentioning? And I'm probably confident in at least a few of the players that they could do that, like a Ketel Marte. I think a Luke Weaver can do it. We saw it in 2019 when he came over. He was a stud for the D-backs. The guy I have the least amount of confidence in is the highest paid player on the roster, which is Madison Bumgarner. His fastball velocity is just going in the opposite direction. Only average about 88, 89 miles per hour last yeah. season. And it wasn't much different than his off-speed pitches. So there would, he just wasn't able to get hitters off balance. And he was giving up a good amount of home runs, like 13 home runs and like 40 innings pitch or something ridiculous. Couldn't go through six innings one time last season. So Madison Bumgarner is going in the wrong direction right now for the team. And he's not even a guy that's that old. He's only about 31 years old, which is still yeah. crazy. But he's been in the league for you know over a decade, broke in when he was 19 years old. So hey, he just has a ton of mileage on his arm. So that's really the biggest question, I think, is Madison Bumgarner. Garner, but have some more confidence in the other guys. Of course, we don't know what Zach Allen's going to be. 
Uh, I think we know what he's going to be, but we don't know how long he's going to be out for with that injury. They don't really have a timetable right now, and it's pretty scary. It sounds like it's not like a Tommy John kind of situation, which is, you know, the blessing. He doesn't have to go see Dr. James Andrews because that's basically the kiss of death when you have to go see that guy. And for the rest of the team, you know, I I believe in a Keltel Marte. Yeah, maybe we're going to see some regression from from, uh, 2019, but that guy finished fourth in MVP voting that season. He was an absolute stud. Christian Walker, I think, is a really good player where I've been saying you got to watch out for in your fantasy draft. Yep, I've won I do tonight. have him. <laughs> yeah, in my very deep go. league, I have there him. There you go. Start, what about starting first base, bud? I got a draft tonight that you, you know, bailed out on me on, but it's okay. <laughs> 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 I did not bail out. Bro, there's a potential that if I – every league that – I would have five fantasy leagues this year, and I'm just nervous. Although I have to admit, I was – I was before we uh, started this call, I was about to be like, I mean uh, – Maybe it's it's just the draft is so fun, you know what I mean. But then when I'm I don't want to like I don't know. It's it's tough. Do you still have any spots left? No, I don't actually. Okay. You filled it up. I had it. I had one ready for you, and then you bailed. But no, I'm just I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But yeah, for the D backs, I still like the team. I still think they have a lot of talent on paper. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we are the third best team in the division. I, I won't count out the Giants. Last season, I thought the Giants were going to be the bottom feeders in the division, and they were feisty. Maybe most of that's because of the short sample size, but I don't want to count them out heading into the 2021 season. So I think the D-backs have a lot of talent. It just depends who can get those bounce-back seasons. Escobar, I think, is still a stud baseball player. Can he just, you know, he comes into uh, camp more in shape this season, so hopefully that works out for the team. Carson Kelly, it's basically a make-or-break season for him because we got Dalton Varsha, one of the top catch prospects waiting in the wings to take his job if Carson Kelly just does not perform so the D-backs I still like the team on paper but this team is you know nowhere near playoff contention by the trade deadline then I think we are going to see some of these dudes uh, get offloaded a little bit but hold up a minute hold up a minute Guys, today's episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Locker Room is the first social audio platform made for sports fans. The app is free to download. Once you're in, you can talk with me, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time about your favorite team or sport. I'll be hosting uh, a room this week, specifically today, for Lockdown Padres and Lockdown Diamondbacks. I'll be on there talking with Miller Thomas so you can join in on the conversation you listen to here every day. It's the perfect place to start or join conversations about anything in sports or anything in general, any type of discourse you might be interested in. Locker Room is the perfect place to set that up. You could have watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and of course, reacting to the big news or rumors like the big news yesterday was my boy Puerto Rican power, baby, Francisco Lador signing his extension with the Mets, for example. I guarantee you there are rooms for that. Uh, and what I love about the app the most is accessibility. Anybody could be in on the action. I love that. I love that everyone can join in on all the fun. So remember, guys, go download the free locker room app now, currently available on all iOS devices. Be sure to create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the NFL, MLB, NHL group, whichever one is tickles your fancy, I guess, whatever you're part of. Uh, follow me at Javier Reyes, J-A-V-I-E-R-R-E-Y-E-S, to be notified when my room note goes live. I know you won't want to miss me talking about it. My live reactions to this here Padres Diamondbacks game. Guys, remember, I'll see you there. Locker room, changing the way we talk about sports. And now, guys, also for another uh, note from our sponsors, rockauto.com. First and foremost, vroom, vroom, vroom. They're a family business, serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. That's a whole long time. Uh, Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything you could need. From engine control modules, brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, new carpet, everything. They really do have everything. Uh, You can get it delivered uh, to you directly to your door. 
It's really convenient like that. The rockout.com catalog is also very um, remarkably easy to navigate, which I think is very important, especially for people like me that don't necessarily know the most about cars. Uh, you can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand specifications and prices you prefer. And best of all, here's the kicker. RockAuto.com, their prices are always reliably low. All right. Why would you spend up to twice as much for the same amount of parts? Does that make any sense? No. No, it doesn't. You guys are smart. Come on. So go to rockout.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their how'd you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliable prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. And also, guys, get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast hosted by the iconic one, Mr. Peter Bukowski, who gives you the latest uh, news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. And now back to the show. Throw it back now to you, Javi. And what I want to ask you is, uh, let's see, what well, I got a couple of questions here that I want to ask you. But one, uh, I want to ask you one other move about the offseason because mm-hmm. I thought it was kind of an underreported move. I, I don't know how big of a move it is. I'll ask you that in a second. But Ha-Sing uh, Kim, the, the guy from the Korean League, he mm-hmm. was, uh, maybe I'm butchering his name, help me with the pronunciation. But he ha was an absolute, Kim, yeah. Ha-Sung Kim, yeah. Mm-hmm. He was an absolute stud in the Korean League, just looking at his numbers, just, you know, across the board. I don't know how that translates to baseball. So that's that's why I kind of want to ask you about because I feel like that would just underreported. That would just kind of, you know, it was during the time when the Padres were making all those moves. And then it was like, well, they got Kim too. And no one even talked about it. And he just seemed like mm-hmm. an international stud. So is he going to be an everyday player for, you know, your Padres? And what are your expectation levels for him? So Kim is one of the more interesting things about the team. They decided to basically have a lot of depth when it comes to second base, you know, they've got Cronenworth who should be the front runner and he is going to be the starter uh, probably for most days. And then they've got Jerickson profile who they were signing. And then Kim, I think Kim, you're right. It did go unreported, but I think part of that is just because that was all in the same day. And understandably the Darvish and Snell moves were just a lot bigger. And then you take into account the Tatis extension and Musgrove and then Keone Kella, Mark Melanson that people forget a little bit that like, that would have been one of the headline moves for a lot of teams, I think. I think a team like Toronto, uh, before they ended up getting someone like Marcus Simeon, that that would have been like the main biggest uh, move of the offseason for a lot of teams. So I understand a little bit why it got un- unreport- underreported, but I think it's an upside play. I think that for now, he hasn't been super impressive in the spring. It's He's definitely adjusting. Uh, he's adjusting to major league pitching. He's adjusting to the speed specifically. I have no issue with uh, the off-speed stuff and the you know curveballs and all that type of stuff. I think that he'll be able to adapt to that. He's got power and he's got speed and he's a great defensive player. So that's another thing about him. This isn't just some slugger only guy who's just going to, that, that's all they got him for. No, like they want him to be an all-around type of player, which is great. Um, and they got him on a, a contract that is really team-friendly too. They got him for a four-year contract worth $28 million, So that's not too much. That's not too bad. So I think part of this is them saying he actually is a little bit of a longer term play. I think they're not necessarily expecting too much of him this season. All of my fantasy baseball fans out there who are expecting a a 2020 guy, a 20 home run, 20 steal guy, which is the type of potential he has. I'd be a little bit careful on that because I don't know if he's quite ready yet. And that's okay. This is not a Padres team that needs him to be amazing immediately. Um, because of thank thankfully because of the outbreak the the breakout of Jake Cronworth who hopefully can repeat they just have a lot of assurance there and they got a lot of upside there um, but I'm excited for Kim and I think that 
it just goes to show you how really it's such a diverse team too in a lot of ways they bring in darvish they even joe musgrove with a texas edge texas <laughs> attitude chris paddock like i can't wait to see how these guys interact with each other uh which was already a fun team last year and i can't wait to see how they are this year but kim i'd say it's the adjusting his swing is fast but can he kind of still adjust to the major league uh level of pitching i would say at the beginning no but look out for him a little bit on as the season progresses but do not I think penciling him in as this like rookie of the year candidate is a little bit of a mistake. I think he's a guy that is a long-term play and they're hoping that, especially if we hopefully get the DH, that maybe that might be one of the positions that they could have him uh, be at, which I, I feel like you're already, that's another thing. Another trigger word. DH. Another trigger word is the DH. <laughs> Man, I, um, I want a lot of so trigger bad. words. Because yeah. Millard has the takes. He, he's definitely, I mean, I think your top five in the MLB uh, network for being a big fan of having a take you yeah. like issuing your takes and you stand by them. i mean the mike trout one was the infamous one and that yeah. that got you into some trouble almost <laughs> yeah. i mean it got you in a little bit of trouble but uh yeah uh, that's that's it for my kind of thoughts on hasan kim yeah and i back it up the mike trout you know take with with the <laughs> stats i got the facts behind we talked it. about that a lot we oh, talked yeah. about like the the weirdness of baseball mm-hmm. where and i get it but it admittedly is a little bit weird where Mookie Betts is winning all these these things. He's making big, he's having big moments in the playoffs, granted, for a much better team. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just like he's the guy almost, but he's not the best player. And I get it, but it's just it's it's weird how baseball works, I think, where that's kind of the case of what's happening. And I talked to you that I thought Bregman actually should have won the MVP that year because I was like, I, I don't think Trout was. Was he better? Yes, but I don't think he was significantly enough better to take away from the Astros are the bigger story that year. And more people knew about Bregman and his awesome season. And I think that deserves part of it. Is it Mike Trout's fault? No, but that's just kind of how I felt about it. I know now we got to be careful because I know that you're, you're he's itching, guys. He's like nibbling at the mic. He's ready. To I go got in, the gears but, uh, moving. Yeah, he's ready you know, to go in. So he's got to go one sidebar real quick on that, you know, and it's not that I don't think Mike Trout's the best player. I think it's arguable. I think it's up for debate. And I probably lean Mookie Betts in. It's because, you know, baseball right now is so analytics driven. It's all about the tangibles. But, you know, Mookie Betts, I think he just has the things you don't see in the stats. I think it's the intangibles. I think he just has a certain energy that radiates not just throughout himself, but throughout his whole team. And I think he, he just brings a different level of, you know, that outside energy to the rest of his squad members that Mike Trout just doesn't do. Yes, he's a fun guy. He's got good personality, but I don't think he impacts the other players like a Mookie Betts does, honestly. And when you watch him and J.D. Martinez together, uh, Mookie Betts was always helping out other dudes with swings and giving him notes. And maybe Mike Trout does that something, too. But with Mookie Betts, I just feel like he, he has such a greater impact on the dudes around him and not just, you know, what he's doing at the plate as opposed to Mike Trout. So that's just my quick, you know, Mike Trout ran. We won't have to get too far into that because I do want to ask you about another player on the Padres because uh Will Myers kind of had you know a, a resurgence of a season in 2020 of course yeah. it was short sample size but what like 15 home runs or something you only had like uh, mm-hmm. 18 or something the previous year in 155 games so are you buying this Will Myers you know resurgence well so I think it depends so there's there's two ways of thinking about this which is Number one, some people are like, is he genuinely, this is, you just talked about intangibles. Is this one of those things where Myers, who's always been described as kind of a laid back guy, a little bit of a goofball, famously has that one picture where he's, uh, 
<laughs> it's like super high or whatever. Um, and then he has the the moment on Twitch when someone's playing Fortnite where he makes fun of Andy Green. Like a little bit of goofball, a little bit of laid back personality. Was he kind of this introverted guy who didn't necessarily like being the guy that had to be the star for the team, which is what he was for a while, like the biggest contract for a Padres player in like history. Um, and instead now he's like the seventh most important guy, like sixth, like most important guy on the team. And then all of a sudden he's really producing, you know, and he was, you know, we talked about this um, not too long ago. His clutch stats were amazing. I was like, what is going on? This guy's been amazing. He was mostly just known as a guy who would beat up on the Rockies in Colorado and hit for the cycle and all that. And then San Francisco. Right. But now I'm starting to have a little bit of faith that I'm watching him like extend the bat across the plate to get go for a single. I'm like, wow, that's interesting. And then also, if I'm not mistaken, here's here's a little, you know, you know, uh, uh, you know, uh, Coors Light, cold, cold hard stats um, that he, <laughs> I think, led the league in home runs off of non fastballs last year. Mm. And that is not what he did. It was always fastballs for him. Any off speed thing, you got him. Any curveball, any changeup, you got him. You know, uh, a splitter, uh, a, a fork ball, whatever you want to throw, he would, you know, struggle with those a lot. And all of a sudden, he adjusted and became a guy that could hit those off-speed pitches so there's hope for it but it's definitely not a lock and i think him along with hosmer those are the two biggest questions can they repeat can the kind of adjustments that they made hosmer with the launch angle stuff he famously you know always hit the ball into the ground um it's just it's, oh god they'll give me a start on hosmer um can he along with myers replicate what they did that will make the Padres extremely dangerous if everything that they did last year was legit machado tatis even Grisham, all those guys, I really do believe are 100% legit. Um, but can Myers and uh, can especially Myers, can he be for once not just this streaky guy that had a nice 30 game kind of sample size? And I am optimistic that he can, but I will definitely not. You know, if I, I don't, I don't believe I'll, I deserve to get old takes exposed if someone takes out my clip and be like, "Oh, you idiot! How did you believe in Myers?" Well, it's not impossible. It's not impossible. But I am rooting for him because, wow, what a pivot it's been watching this guy just be so much more fun, so much more laid back and look like he was having a lot more fun last year. That walk off against Seattle and the doubleheader, just absolutely phenomenal stuff. So I'm hopeful, but gotta, gotta be cautiously optimistic. I think is yeah. the way to put it. Hold up a minute. Hold up a minute. Let me talk to you guys really quickly about betonline.ag. It is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing as well as baseball. That's right, because this is opening day after all, guys. Bet Online even covers, though, awards, TV shows, and uh, reality TV. They have everything. Uh, Real time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Right, that's right. Not much out there is free, but Bet Online, it's free. And if you head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today, you will receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit, which is awesome. Remember to use the promo code LOCKED ON when you're doing all your stuff on this site. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. And now, guys, om, nom, 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 nom. let's talk about the best tasting protein bar in history low sugar, high protein, high fiber, low calorie. March Madness has been has been a blast so far this month, but now it's time for the even more important thing. It's Built Bar Madness, and today, guys, is the Built Bar Championship. <laughs> I'm sorry, I love little puns like that. Uh, the championship matchup is coconut brownie chunk versus cookie dough chunk. Now, I'm gonna be honest, guys. I think cookie dough chunk 
it's the Cinderella story. I don't know how it got this far. I really think that it's solid, but a lot of people, just their love of cookie dough blinded them to the fact that Apple Almond Crisp was unrighteously uh, slayed uh, in the first round uh, in, the, in that side of the bracket. I can't believe everybody's sleeping at Apple Almond Crisp. It's so much better. Uh, but I'm really, I'm going with caramel or coconut brownie chunk here, guys. It's just better. That thing really is just straight up feels like as close to a candy bar as I've tasted, even more so than literal candy bars. And it's just delicious, and it's good for you, obviously. So, guys, that's who I'm picking to win. Uh, I don't know if it will win because, like I said, the the cookie dough mafia, I guess, is getting a little bit out of hand, I think, with this one. Uh, but remember, guys, if you want to follow along, go to BuiltBar.com or at Bar underscore Built on Twitter. And remember to use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. That is LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. And check back to see who won today's matchup and who became the best tasting protein bar of them all. And Will Myers, only a year younger than Madison Bumgarner, if you believe that. Crazy. I know, yeah. right? Uh, and uh, Hosmer was actually going to be my next question, but he did kind of answer it there because I, I, you know, his time in, you know, his first two seasons with the Padres, you know, haven't been in super spectacular or anything like that. Probably nope. hasn't looked too good, but you know, his contract is kind of front loaded and you know, the last like three years of his deal is only mm-hmm. making $13 million. So how do you feel about the Eric Hosmer deal right now? I mean, you did mention his numbers, like the launch angle were increasing some of the advanced analytics were starting to go his way. And I had him on my fantasy team. You know, he did have a lot of injuries last season, which kind of yeah. hurt me, but he was pretty good when he did play. And pretty much whenever he came back to that lineup, it just picked up where he left off. So is he another guy? Guy that you think you could be cautiously optimistic about heading into a 2021 season and how do you feel about that uh about that contract um the contract i think from the very get-go was a little bit of Ooh, this is a lot for a guy who has never been a very good plus defender despite the gold gloves which is a great example of why gold gloves are a little bit of a popularity contest um and he's been a guy that's very inconsistent throughout his career. He's the the and he's like the San Francisco Giants, where like the San Francisco Giants would win every other year. Eric Hosmer would be every other year that he'd be good. And then his best season came the year before of a contract year. That was like, oh, okay. And they brought him in a lot of it because of veteran leadership and stuff like that. And he'd be a great clubhouse guy. And you know, it is good that the back end of the contract isn't as front loaded, but we really need and we really need to hope that this year that he showed last year was him finally learning and adapting and being a guy that could at least he's not going to be in the top 10, probably a first baseman, but at least do not be a liability to the point where I'm like, can I just get a Christian Walker? Can I just get a heck uh, an, an Eric Thames? You know what I mean? Like, can I just get anyone like that? Cause at least they're not going to be making as much money as you are for what you do provide. So I'm, I'm optimistic on Hosmer. Um, I've always thought that they take it a little bit easy, honestly, for reasons. Um, I guess I'll just, without going too deep into it, on him uh, in the media in San Diego a little bit. I think they aren't as hard on him, considering that he really hasn't performed due to being, at the time, the biggest contract that they gave out. And then, of course, mm-hmm. Machado comes in. Um, yeah. So I think they did take it a little bit easy on him. But I'm hoping that what we saw last year was legit. And there's reason to believe it. But just like with Myers, if you told me that he reverts back to what he was in, 2018 and 2019 i would not be that surprised but even still what's great about the padres is even if that does happen it does not mean it's the do or die like the end of the world season there's still a lot of guys like tommy fam who's going to be coming back and i think fam is going to be awesome this year i'm very optimistic that he will return to his warlock status that i proclaimed him as before the season before he started getting hurt and all that stuff so very excited for that yeah um, 
I was just going to say, Hosmer, just another guy who has been in the league a decade, feels like he's super old, but again, just only 31 years old. So it's not like he's, you know, coming out of his prime. He still has a, you know, three, four more years where he could play really high level baseball, you know, all-star caliber baseball. So I still like the the Hosmer contract. And by the end of it, it's only going to be around $13 million, like I said before. So it's not Mm -hmm. like he's going to be killing you on the books. And right now the Padres are such a deep team. I mean, uh, We'll see what their team looks like in five years. You know, you Darvish might not be there anymore because how old is mm-hmm. he? I don't have his age right here, but he's like Darvish 35 like 30, or something. 33, 34. Let me look that up real quick. I forgot. Yeah, so he's a little bit older, but he's still got Blake Snell. He's still got Musgrove, who's young. And the next guy I want to ask about you. 34, okay. The next guy I want to ask about you in your rotation. Ooh, another question. Okay. Yeah, I got a whole bunch for you today. Howard. All right, I got uh, one more <laughs> for you, and you have like seven. <laughs> okay, no, I actually just got like one more after this. But, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but talking about Zach Allen, we know about his injury, and mm-hmm. we don't know what's going to happen with him. But looking, you know, doing some research before this pod, I didn't even realize Denelson Lament was also hurt, and it seems like he's coming back now trying and build up that arm strength so what do you know about his injury and it doesn't sound like he's going to be ready for the start of opening day so what are just your overall thoughts on that Denelson Lamette is one of the more unfortunate things that happened for the Padres I mean I famously talked about like this is ridiculous they lost both Clevenger and Lamette and all the Dodgers fans oh we totally wiped you guys out I'm like all right cool how about next time we take away Walker Buehler and Clinton Kershaw all right how about we do that and then we keep our guys and then you can keep talking shit Anyway, um, sorry, just the pod. Dodgers fans can be <laughs> annoying sometimes. They they act like, and I got roasted by the Dodgers fans for this, but I don't really think it was that dub of a tweet. They really like to act like that they aren't known pre-2020 primarily for having very tragic playoff losses. That's what you guys were primarily known for and Clayton Kershaw being a Hall of Famer. Like, I'm just saying, are you guys a great team? And should I completely crap on you guys? No, but don't act like you've been this sigil of breakthrough and success. Like, you've been great, but you've also lost to... You lost to Howie Kendrick, man. Like, chill out. So that's my my reasoning on that. But with Lamette, uh, back to the the question. (laughs) So they're optimistic, apparently. They're they're very optimistic. He had his first... um, a week ago from today, when people are listening to this, he had his first spring training start. He only went in and gave in, gave up a home run to Donovan Silvano of the Giants. Um, just one hit. It was fine. But he was throwing hard, which was very good to see. If I started seeing that he was only throwing 93, 94, might have been a little bit concerned. I think the thing with him is going to be, and they have the privilege of this because of their rotation, it's going to be an innings limit type of thing this year. I don't think he'll be in the opening series. I actually think they're going to kind of keep him back for a little bit. I'm actually expecting that, especially since he's a guy who throws hard and where his injury is, he throws hard and he throws sliders. So I think that that is, um, this isn't like a Zach Davies guy who doesn't throw particularly hard or throw sliders. So an injury for him is a little bit different. For example, I know Davies is on the Cubs right now, but hear me out. So for him, I think he's one guy that he's there for the long haul. He's there for hopefully when the Padres make a postseason run and they're going to throw back at those annoying ass Dodgers and be like, yeah, guess what? Now we have Darvish, Snell, Danelle Slamet, and Joe Busgrove. So have fun with that. You know, you little assholes, you know, (laughs) acting like you totally owned us in the postseason. No, you didn't relax. Although that Bellinger catch was freaking phenomenal. I will give him that. Um, So from that perspective, yeah, I mean, there's optimism, but I definitely think if you're drafting him in fantasy this year, be a little bit careful and expect that there are going to be times when he's going to be left out of his next start because they want to make sure that he's all healthy and stuff, which is what they should be doing. They don't need him to start, which is a crazy thing to say for any Padres team. Man, 93 to 94. I yearn for the days where Madison Bumgarner could throw that hard, honestly. that <laughs> That's peak Madison Bumgarner right there. And 
you know, back on real quick, the, the Dodgers thing, uh, you know, let, let's not act like, you know, their playoff struggles, you know, uh, went away once the, the fans went away as well. You know, uh, mm-hmm. let's not let, let's not forget that, because I, I totally believe the Clay and Kershaw playoff struggles would have still been there if it was that pressurized environment Ooh. like we've been seeing, honestly. Ooh. So that's why there I told the, there's I, the spice. <laughs> I knew Miller had the spice coming in. I knew uh, it. it was building up. All right. There you go. That's why I told the lockdown. Now. Yeah, that's why I told the lockdown <laughs> Dodgers guy, Vince. I said, hey, hey, if Kershaw, you know, if it was that playoff environment, hey, I don't know if we would have seen, uh, you know, the good. I would have loved to hear Jeff's reaction to that. (laughs) Yeah, because I. The track rack, the track record, it, it speaks for itself. Honestly, we've seen it with Clint Kershaw on his playoff struggles, but we're getting you know close to an hour here on the pod. So I want to wrap up the conversation, <laughs> Javi. Uh, do you think the Padres have done enough to overtake the Dodgers in the division? What are your expectations for the team? I mean, that's the thing. I, I'm expecting like a 94, 95 win season. We'll have to see. I, I want to be cautiously optimistic because the Dodgers really are stacked, and a lot of things would have to go wrong for them. But I don't think it's impossible. I don't. It's especially not impossible in the playoffs, like we just talked about. But for now, we'll have to see. For me, biggest things are: can Paddock and Musgrove be the most overqualified back on the back end of the rotation, guys? If those guys perform like guys who could be one or two starters type on other teams who don't have as many good pitchers, for example, on the Diamondbacks without Gallon, are they yeah. are they going to be that good? And I'm optimistic that Paddock can bounce back. I was really hard on him last year because I think not enough people were being hard on him. He's getting lit up by the Cardinals of all teams who hit maybe a combined 30 home runs a year. Um, They do not have power guys. And he gave up six runs to them in the playoffs. And that was concerning. But I'm optimistic about him and Musgrove. Curveball usage, some of the advanced metrics really like him. So I'm optimistic about him. Um, part of me wants to be really spicy and say he'll be the second best pitcher on the Padres this year, but I didn't mm. quite go there. I didn't quite go there. Hopefully, by the time this episode drops, you guys saw my actual real bold prediction video over at Locked On MLB uh, pods, like the Twitter feed and all that. Um, so I'm expecting them to be good, but I think it's if they're at back end of the rotation can be really deep and really good, and if their guys can bounce back and just do the same thing as last year. On paper, I really think that they're kind of almost just as good as the Dodgers in a lot of ways, especially with just their top players, their starting players. I really think that they're just as good. We're going to have to see. Um, and I just want to ask you one quick question since I feel <laughs> like you've been hogging up the spotlight with asking all the questions. Um, one last thing for you, you know, with the Diamondbacks in the farm system, I just, you know, have the pulled up the top 100 prospects. It's basically all offensive players. So I'm yeah. wondering out of all of them, Corbin Carroll, Christian Robinson, Geraldo Perdomo, Alex um, Thomas, which one do you think can make an impact this year, if any? Um, kind of for the D-backs. Yeah, I'm not sure if any of the guys you just mentioned would make a major impact for the D-backs this season, honestly, because all of them, all the reports are saying they're probably, you know, a season or more away. Maybe Corbin Carroll's the closest one because he is the highest rated prospect of the of the five, but I would actually probably look at some of the other players that they have in the minor leagues, like a Dalton Varsho, who I guess hmm. is still considered a prospect, but if Carson Kelly does struggle, or even if the team overall struggles, they could get rid of Steven Vogt, uh, a veteran catcher, and move Dalton Varsho up to the big leagues, and just do like a platoon situation with both Kelly and Dalton uh, and Dalton Varsho. A guy like J.B. Braskakis, I think you really have to watch out for. He was okay. dominant this spring training. He was acquired in that Zach Ranky trade, one of their top five prospects in that deal, and everyone 
everyone thought he was going to make the major league roster. That Those were the reports before spring training. We were surprised to see him be one of the roster cuts. We all think it's because of major league service time. I mean, you really can't hide it. So I think you're going to see him uh, this season, whether the D-backs are struggling or not, because I, I think he's a really good pitcher. And I think he's going to be a, a major dude in the back end of the bullpen. And then one other guy who's not a prospect, but who's still very young is Josh Rojas, who has been destroying pitching this spring training i think i have to look at the numbers but he's like top two and hits this spring training also acquired in that zach ranky trade so right now i don't think any of the top five uh, top five prospects are really gonna make a major impact this season maybe a corbin carroll but a lot of them are still pretty young i still think they're a couple seasons away i'll look at some of the more other young players that they have in a varsho briskakis or a josh rojas to make a major impact this season yeah. Interesting. I like that. You know, not just going by only what they say are the top 10 prospects or whatever for the D-back. Very, very interesting. Millard always with the spice, man. And I always love talking to you. We did definitely end up talking for a lot longer than I feel <laughs> like I thought we were going to. But look, I'm looking forward to it. And I have to say, last year we made a wager and I ended up winning that. We did the famous uh, thing offline or online we could put it out of the pot whatever you want maybe we got to make another way just this year i don't know if you want to because in fairness my team is a lot better right now so maybe it's just a little bit different uh but whatever you want man whatever happens um i'm really excited and for those who are tuning in this on a wednesday uh both of us are planning on doing a a live kind of a reaction pods or not pods but like a live thing on the locker room app uh if you want to tell them about that or whatever i think that's gonna be a lot of fun yeah, go follow me at Miller Thomas. What is your locker room? User? Javier Reyes on locker room. It's not locked up Padres. I probably should have thought about that before doing it, but it's just J A V I E R R E Y E S. You can find me on there. Uh, I'll definitely be tweeting out links and stuff. And I think we're both going to be going live, and it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm going to be having a blast checking my fantasy team too, but also just paying a lot of attention to this this uh, first start from Mister U Darvish that I just can't wait for. Yeah, and I don't want to be making a wager on who's going to win the season series or anything like that. But I am willing to make a wager right now in the pod okay. for opening day, at least. That one game, you know, the anything can happen. <laughs> the one game, opening day, who's going to get the first one of the season right I'll now? Do what do you want to wager? Oh, man, that's a tough one because, you know me, I'm a very anti-money bets. I like, mm. I mean, I like to, you know, you could do your, you know, tune into the Lockdown Bets podcast, guys. Very good yeah. podcast. But like, I like doing all the funny, you know, silly stuff because I already have a bet going on right now, which is the same one that we had last year with Gab, um, with with the changing your icon to whatever the other person says for a week. Last year, I made you make it Tatis for a little bit. I already have that going on with Gabrielle and our fantasy matchup. And oh my God, she tweets so much that I can't wait to win. And then make her be like chopper for one piece for a week or whatever. I end up deciding that'll be a lot of fun. But for us, man, that's tough, man. I, I didn't think this through. I probably should have come up with a kind of idea, but uh, maybe we'll discuss that offline, but I am down to do uh, for the opening day game. Um, some type of wager. Yeah. How about like a daily shout out that you guys lost to Madison Bumgarner on opening day. I'd be cool with that. For if like he a is week. the opening starter. Oh, cause yeah. that'll kill me. That'll kill me. You know how much I hate him. So. Yeah. So, or just making him your profile pick. Yeah. So we could definitely decide offline, but I definitely mm-hmm. want to get a wager going just for opening day, because I think he is going to be the opening day starter without a uh, Zach Allen in the rotation right now. Mm-hmm. So the, the D backs don't have too many options and he's making 20, you know, pretty close to 20 million. So I think they still want to see that return on the investment, but Javi, we're hitting an hour here. Looks like we're going to be wrapping up the pod. Thank you, as always, for coming on and discussing, you know, the crossover that we had to do. But it's still always great talking to you, as always. Always a great time chatting it up. A hundred percent, man. Just just a blast. And I cannot wait for baseball. It's going to be a party, man. 
All right, guys, that about does it for my discussion with Miller and Thomas. It was a blast, as always, talking about stuff. But before we wrap up here, guys, let me quickly talk to you about Locked On MLB Prospects. If you're the type of baseball fan that can't help but get giddy over prospects, we have the perfect podcast for you, Locked On MLB Podcasts, hosted by minor league play-by-call voice extraordinaire and my buddy, Aram Layton. It is the only daily podcast devoted entirely to the stars of tomorrow. Follow Locked On MLB Prospects on the Odyssey app or wherever you get Get your podcasts. And guys, in terms of the future of this podcast, very simple. Tomorrow, I'm covering opening day, recapping opening day, giving my feelings on what it felt like watching a baseball game for the first time in a while, especially one that counts, I guess. Uh, just going to give my thoughts on that. Remember to tune in to the locker room that I'll be hosting today with Miller Thomas of Locked on Dimebacks, both the pregame and postgame shows that we'll both be hosting. It's going to be so much fun, and I think that you guys will love a live reaction type of show. I think it's going to be a blast. Maybe I'll even post that over the weekend or on Monday or something like that. I don't know. And then next week, yeah, Monday, I'll be recapping some of the action from over the weekend, giving my thoughts on things that we might have learned, if anything, over granted, a shorter sample size. And just in general, I have to say, you know, remember, guys, it is a small sample size. This isn't like the 60-game season last year where I feel like I kind of had to react a lot more to certain developments that were happening because it was a shorter season, obviously. Uh and, you know, don't get me wrong, I host this podcast every day, so I'm going to have to react, but I'm going to be tempered expectations, I think. we. If you, Darvish, God forbid, goes out today and doesn't look great, no reason to panic. It's only one start. You know what I'm saying? In a 60-game season, might be a little bit more reason to at least be a little bit concerned anyway. But uh, for now, guys, and also, uh, next week, Emily Nyman, we recorded our chat officially, and it was a lot of fun. Might put that out in the middle of the week or whatever um, to kind of break up some things. Just, just have a little fun before we get even deeper into all the Padres stuff, but... Uh, With that all being said, guys, that about does it for today's Chunky Boy Opening Day Edition of the Locked On Padres podcast, the only pod that may be better than the Padres themselves. Remember to subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts from, Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Himalaya, Overcast, whatever, whatever you use. It'll be on there. And while you're at it, if you're on Apple, uh, send me some five-star views on the Apple Podcast app. I'd greatly appreciate that as we head into opening day. Uh, remember to follow the show or myself on Twitter at LO underscore Padres or at Javapeno, J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O. And until next time, stay safe and, of course, stay faithful. My Friar Faithful homies, take care.